That Strange Language, one. Here's the tragedy. Every morning, you avoid the bathroom mirror. You wonder how you're supposed to exist, knowing what you know. Knowing your birth was bloody and those who came before you never stopped bleeding. Knowing your existence lives like a thorn in the thoughts of people who think they know who you were and are and are supposed to be. You wonder when the fear goes away. When you stop flinching at shouts and slamming doors and those three letters strung together like buckshot in place of a name. When stepping outside will feel less like peeling off your skin with a nail file, one layer at a time. You wonder when your parents will remember they don't have a daughter. When they'll stop telling people they do because explaining the basics of the English language is too difficult for casual conversation. You wonder when you will be allowed to unlearn the language written into your skin by other hands. When introducing yourself will stop being the act of handing a stranger a knife and baring your neck. My own murder ballad. I killed the girl at 10.33 on September 4th. It's a bloodless affair. An airless morning, still fighting off the creeping hands of autumn. The leaves are green and the sky's blue and the ground is grey with chewing gum and the sun throws shadows across the walls as the world moves on. We stand in her bedroom, this girl and I, throats warm with Tesco vodka she's had stashed under her bed for this occasion for years, that burns the cold from her fingers, the shake from her chest, the air from her lungs. Her fingers cling to mine as I cling to the weapon, she doesn't want to die. Or rather, no, she doesn't want to live either. Her suffered too many catcalls, too many compliments, ruined her body too much, too much, too much to want me to have it. Life, she thinks, she knows, was so much easier with me tucked inside her bones. She's known she was dying for months, since the first time she looked in the mirror and saw me standing there instead. Since the first day someone called her name and I flinched. Since the first time she got drunk, sixteen, bleeding at the seams, and I climbed out of her mouth. But I owe her a death. I owe her a burial as beautiful as the dream that made her. I owe the body she shaped, the house of cards it took her twenty years to build. The years of housing me inside her bones as I grew like a sprig of mint, a single thought, a garden damage she did to dig me out. When the time comes, she dies quietly, the push of a single button. This may surprise you, but we are not made to be broken things. We are not made to be small, balled up, like used tissues, forgotten half a throw from the bin. We are not made to open up our chests and apologise for what spills out for the rivers we refuse to drown in, the graves we refuse to climb into. We are not made for late-night TV debates and election talking points, for the rumour mill, for the mess they make writing headlines in our blood. We are not made to regret existing, or the way we take up space. We are not made to be empty wells of grief and rage. We are not made to be anything at all. We are made for more than this. Pruning 
A girl walks into a bar and walks out a man. They say there's something in the water, in the food. They say she just wants to date girls. They say she didn't like the gender pay cap. The catcalling didn't want to be a mother. They say there was no signs. She has always worn dresses, worn makeup. She had a boyfriend when she was seven. It must be those new friends of hers, with the coloured hair and the piercings, or that new teacher with the rainbow sticker on their door. A man sits and waits for them to ask him, to ask where he got his new name, to ask about his partner, to ask when and where and what they did wrong to make him so afraid to tell the truth until now. But they talk and talk in circles until the sun sets. When he gets up, leaves the room, closes the door, they're too busy talking to ghosts to notice he has locked it. Dust. Listen, I am not saying the world should change. I am not saying it should burn to keep us warm. I am not saying we should wear as ashes like bleeding mascara or war paint or camouflage. I am not saying the world is broken. No, those cracks are part of the design. I have seen them every day in my reflection, in the TV screen, in the skyscrapers blotting out the sun. At night, I lie awake and listen to the way debris crumbles through the fault lines. Watch the dust getting caught in my eyes and mouth and nose and lungs, too paralyzed to move. Listen to the rattle of buried lungs nesting worms and seeds and something that could be thorns or flowers. I am not saying we are gasping for breath beneath the ground, awaiting tombstones. I am not saying that sometimes it feels as if we are the only real people in this world. The mud splattered walking dead. At least, we few who survived. We few who crawled out from the cracks when the dust came to silence us. We few who had the truth of the stillberry tattooed on our tongues. I am not saying the world should change. I am saying it will. I am saying it must. I am saying if you do not change it, we will not be so easy to kill a second time. That Strange Language 2. Here's the good news. In lives like yours, rebellion is easy. You wake up one morning and discover it in smiling at your reflection. In greeting the sun and moon and stars and recognising them as kin. In creating walls when the siege of your city grows too much. In knowing that sometimes even family trees must wilt. In celebrating every time your existence causes someone else anxiety of their own creation, force them to think of you. Force them to remember you exist. To remember your road was paved in blood. What's a little more? You were forced early to learn the language of violence, of being unknown, unmade each time you step out of the door. Stripped down to meat and skeleton and sex and a body that should be yours to paint and layer and carve and shape and be whatever you want, whatever you are, whatever they told you not to be. You must learn to write in the language of you. Write a love letter to truth in the curves of your body, in a straight spine and sharp teeth. Write a love letter to the physical, the spiritual, to learning to be both. But let yourself remember the language they carved into your skin. It may be the only one they understand. It is the language they have written across centuries, 
It is the language you may twist around your fingers and write across their cities in blood and soot and broken glass. Write your dead across their skies and in the streets and force them to watch, to listen, to look, to learn. Remind them who taught you in the first place. Tranthologies is a trans anthology podcast distributed by the Listless Network and produced by Alex Abrahams. The Language of Violence was written by Morgan Greensmith and directed by Morgan Greensmith and L.M. Clohesse. It was edited by Morgan Greensmith. In today's episode, in order of appearance, you heard the voices of Morgan Greensmith, Atlas Morgan, Soren Briarwood, Kaz Gidman, Zoe Hutton, and Joseph Leyland. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you tune in tomorrow for Cicada Nights by Morgan Champagne. But until then, if you're bored and looking for something to do this Pride Month, why not choose violence?